It really is a special joy to me to be able to introduce to you Aaron Bates of CFR, which stands for Christian Financial Resources, and it is a ministry. We obtained, because God created CFR, we uh, obtained a line of credit so that we can take on this this building and finish it and begin the construction which we hope will take place sometime, start sometime this month. And uh, Aaron is with us. We're so grateful. He has been like an angel, really, an angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord to help us. CFR is not a bank, and I want Aaron to tell you a little bit more about that. Aaron? Well, thank you. That's the first time I've been called an angel. You can make sure, I'll make sure to tell my wife. She has other names for me, but um, glad to be here. This is my second visit. I think I attended Grace Community Church, uh, maybe at your last weekend in your old building. And so um, even myself, I didn't bring a cool chair. Uh, somebody might have to help me if I fall out of the metal one, but um, I'm really excited for partnering with Grace Community to build this new building. And obviously, uh, there's so many people in Visalia and Tulare and, and many other parts of this uh, town that need Jesus. And, you know, it, it, God uses us, normal people, to see other people come to him. And so, really excited about it. If you're not familiar with CFR, uh, really there's two things that I wanted to tell you about. What CFR does to help churches and then how we help families. And so, um, for about 40 years, CFR was started uh, because at the time, churches couldn't get loans from a bank. And now, 40 years later, we have about $800 million that, that we manage to really help churches just like you guys uh, when you're starting to expand your facility. And so those are the kinds of things I get to do uh, all over the country. Um, I was in Tehachapi. We helped save a church there, about three or $400,000 in interest. Uh, just helped a church in uh, Bakersfield do about the same thing. Uh, I've got a uh, meeting with the church in Fresno tomorrow. So God's doing a lot of things all over the country, but he's doing them right here in California. And uh, I pray that you guys would just continue to do the great work of helping people come to Jesus. Um, as far as how we help families, there's, uh, there's so many ways you could partner with us. And I've got, a, I've got a great spot in the shade out here in your nice outdoor patio area if you have any questions after church. Uh, but really three things that, that we can do to help families. First is about for everybody. Um, if there's any Dave Ramsey fans in the room, we have a, an account that's liquid. It's called Ready Access. Uh, you could partner with us, open up that account. I think it pays around 1%, a lot, lot higher than maybe what you're earning uh, at a secular organization. Uh, not only do you earn more interest, but also those dollars are only going to help churches. So that it's very kingdom-minded uh, for you to partner with us. Uh, Second is kind of for some, uh, we have any of our accounts uh, you could set up as a retirement account, and so it'll pay you a fixed rate of return for a period of time, and uh, that might be another way. And then the last is just for maybe a few of you. Uh, we have some things that we call giving funds, and uh, kind of it will help streamline the way that you do your giving to different places, and there's also some, some huge tax advantages for those of you that maybe give over $10,000 a year to different places. So uh, thank you so much for letting me be here. San thank Joaquin Valley here. feels right at home. And when I drive around, I feel like I'm in Kansas until I see the giant trees. And then I realize I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in Kansas anymore. So thank you, Pastor. Uh, look forward to meeting everybody after church. So. Thank you, Aaron. It may seem like I overstate it, 
But when you're looking to do something for the Lord and in the most uh, proper way, in a way that is faithful to the use of the monies that belong to the Lord, we're grateful for CFR because we know that their heart is truly devoted to the work of God's church. So thank you. We're going to hear from two of our high school students, Nathan Kennedy and Tori Coutier, are going to share their testimonies with us this morning. Good morning. I would just like to start out by saying thank you so much for all your prayers for when we were in Mexico. Your prayers and support were much appreciated and much needed. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tori Coutier and I'm a sophomore at CBC High School. I had the privilege of going with our youth group to Mexico over spring break on a mission trip. While in Mexico, we got to put on a vacation Bible school for the kids in our towns. Our youth group stayed in a lodge on a hill right above the orphanage in Irapan. So after VBS was over and we had eaten lunch, we were able to either do construction work or go down and play with the kids from the orphanage. Our church did VBS in two towns this year, El Zarel and in Irapan. So since I was in Irapan, I was able to hang out with some of the kids from the orphanage at VBS and if I went down to play with them after lunch, which was super cool. I was given the responsibility of song leader in the town of Arapan, and so I was able to come up with motions for our songs with our other song leader, Sammy Cloutier, who was in El Zurillo. I was a little nervous about it, but it ended up all going super smoothly and was overall just an amazing experience. At the end of our VBS week, we had over five kids give their lives to the Lord. Only four kids stayed after to talk about the decision they had made, but many more raised their hands. It was super, super cool to because the pastor's wife of the church we were doing VBS at was there to talk with the kids and answer any questions they had. She also let them know that they could go to the church where we were doing the VBS and that she would be there anytime they wanted to talk about their faith. Since we weren't going to be there to answer questions for the kids, it was awesome to see the local church stepping in to be there for them. Not only was I able to teach the kids the gospel and songs, but I also learned so much from them and built lasting friendships and memories with them. Getting to see the joy of the Lord in them there was really such an awesome experience. Knowing that I was able to get to know more of these kids and build relationships with them, even when I didn't speak their language well and only understood a little, was awesome and an eye-opener to me. If I can share Jesus with someone who doesn't even speak my language, how much easier is it to share the gospel with someone who speaks the same language as me and whom I can have deep and meaningful conversations with? While we were there, God really spoke to me. Before this trip, I was at a lower point on this ride with the Lord. I like to think of it as more of a roller coaster of a relationship. There are going to be ups and downs, but I know it's important to stay on the ride. Going into this mission trip, I knew I wasn't at the highest point on my ride with the Lord, but I was really hoping that this trip would give me a more obedience high and make me feel closer to God. I learned more about how, about how I feel doesn't determine my relationship status with the Lord because my relationship with Him isn't based on feelings. And after having some one-on-one -on -one time with him, I can honestly tell you that I am at a much higher point on this roller coaster relationship with the Lord. Another thing I learned, or rather relearned, was what it meant by Jesus dying on the cross. We talked about it every day during VBS, but hearing it reiterated really resonated with me. Like we told the kids, there's nothing you can do to fix your relationship with, the, with Christ. We deserve ultimate punishment, but Jesus took the weight of our sin to pay the price 
for us so that we don't have to have eternal punishment. I know that may sound obvious, but it was good to hear again. Another thing I learned was how important it is not only to read the word, but also reflect on what you read. Asking questions and having those conversations was also something important that I learned. Every morning, we had 45 minutes to read and do our devotional. We read through the book of Mark and were able to talk about what we read and ask questions about it later, and it was super beneficial. Another thing we had was 30 minutes of prayer time every day. As hard as it may be to focus, setting time aside strictly for prayer was huge for me because it put me in a better mood and gave me uninterrupted time to focus on praying for our trip, the kids, and other things that needed prayer. Overall, this trip was awesome and was the best experience. I encourage you all to step out of your comfort zone and have those tough scuba diving conversations with people. I know we can all get into the habit of having water ski-like conversations with people, having those polite conversations with people. But what if we really started trying to have more meaningful conversations? What if we were actually honest when others asked us how we were doing? Trust me, it is much easier to have those conversations with people who speak your language. And if I, who speaks very little Spanish, can have some of these conversations with people who don't speak my language, you can have those conversations with people who speak your language. Thanks again for all the support you've given us. Thank you. All right, well, good morning. My name is Nathan Canaday. I'm a senior in our high school ministry group. And a couple of weeks ago during spring break, our group had the privilege to go to Mexico for a mission trip. And Tori kind of already explained our daily schedule, but we started early in the morning, which was much earlier than I was uh, wanting to get up. Uh, we got ready for the day. We did 45 minutes of quiet time reading through the book of Mark. And then we did a vacation Bible school in two of the towns near the orphanage with the community. And then in the afternoon, we also did construction projects at the Mount of Olives Orphanage for a few hours each day. One thing that stood out to me on this trip was that God is totally universal. Even though I've been to Mexico before, I was still kind of nervous that I wouldn't know how to communicate and that things would just be really awkward when I was trying to talk to people. Uh, but as Pastor John said last week, uh, the Holy Spirit unifies us. And the Holy Spirit that is inside us in Visalia is the same Holy Spirit that's inside the Christians in Mexico. One person I met was a man named Isaac. Uh, my friend Evan and I got to talk to him at the pastor's dinner. And it was a really great conversation, except for Evan, like, embarrassing me and showing me up in Spanish, because he did <laughs> was way better than me. <laughs> um, Isaac talked to us about how the Lord had been working in his life, what God had been doing in the church, and how the people in the church had been praying for us uh, before we got there. It was interesting to see that even though we were of different ages, from different countries, spoke different languages, we were still able to communicate about what the Lord had done in our lives. And that was something we had in common. It was just a good reminder that God is the same here, in Mexico, and everywhere else. Another part of our schedule in Mexico was prayer time. And prayer time was 20 to 30 minutes of setting aside time to pray. And during that time, I had a lot of time to reflect on what God had done in my life and for the Mission to Mexico trip as a whole. And I could just go on and on and on about how many ways God was working in and through Mission to Mexico. Before the trip, we prayed a lot, and we had a lot of people here praying for us. And for some reason, I had this mindset that when we pray to God, we pray, the things we pray for might just coincidentally happen. But after reflecting on all that God had done, it is not just some random coincidence that our prayers were answered. One of our Bible points for VBS was that God hears you, or Dios te escucha. 
God hears our prayers, he helps us, he's with us, and it's important to recognize that and give thanks. One last thing that stuck out to me while at Mission to Mexico was during quiet time when we were reading through the book of Mark. It was the parable of the seed growing in Mark chapter 4, verse 26. It says this. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if as a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. So during VBS, part of my role was to read the Bible story for the day. And I was sort of expecting that if I followed the right steps, I would go tell a story, another leader would come up and share the gospel, and then every single kid would be wanting to give their life to Jesus if we did it the right way. And several kids did give their lives to the Lord that week, and that's something to celebrate. But there was also a lot of kids in Mexico. Like, we ran out of name tags to hand out, which was a great problem to have. And each kid that was there heard the gospel message. So continue to pray for each kid who is at VBS and their families, that the Holy Spirit can work in their hearts, and that those seeds will be ready for harvest in the future. So thank you for the amazing amount of support for this trip. Thank you for praying, and please continue to keep the families of Mexico in your prayers. And if you see any high school students walking around today, make sure to ask them if they had any highlights, because there was lots of awesome stories and things that happened on the trip. Thank you. What an amazing experience these guys had. Um, I'm just so blessed by your testimonies. Thank you both for sharing that. We're going to hear a testimony from our satellite young adult student ministries um, about their mission outreach to Heartland Christian Camp. So please welcome Caitlin Tilly. Good morning, Grace Community Church. My name is Caitlin Tilly. I am 21 years old, and I work full-time in the church office. So if you've called the church office recently, um, I'm the voice you've spoken to, so now you have a face to go with the voice. Um, this morning, I have the privilege of sharing with you all the amazing things that happened at Heartland Christian Camp over spring break. Over spring break, the satellite young adult ministry at Grace had an amazing opportunity to go and serve at Heartland Christian Camp. I, along with about 14 others, traveled up the hill to serve the staff at Heartland in any way we could, willing to do any tasks Heartland had for us. Um, I was one of the few who had actually never been to Heartland prior to this trip. So for those of you who don't know what Heartland is, Heartland was founded in 1946 with the purpose to boldly proclaim the word of God and produce Christians who are committed to knowing, living, and sharing their faith to others. And what's really cool is our children's ministry, um, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders attend Heartland every year. During our time at Heartland, three of us who are part of the satellite leadership team had the privilege of conducting a devotional for the entire group. I gave my devotional on Friday night and encouraged our group to be praying for the hearts of all those who would come to Heartland this summer. That serving God isn't about instant gratification or even about always seeing the fruit of our labor, but rather about being about doing what we are called to do, to love God, love others, and serve him well. I encourage them to take time later that night to really stop and pray for all the hearts of all those students who had come to camp this summer. What an amazing opportunity it is to be able to play a 
part, even if it's a small part, in preparing a camp for hundreds of students to attend, where they'll be able to hear the gospel, grow closer to God, and learn more about him. So being able to stop and pray for them was a huge thing for me and our entire group. This outreach um, maybe have been a little different than some of the others. It was definitely a group effort and not so much of a personal experience. We worked together to do manual labor that was physically challenging. I don't think I've ever raked and dug so much in my life than I did that one weekend. Um, a group of us, they kind of split us up into two groups. So a group of us did a ton um, of raking, digging. We dug trenches um, and stuff throughout the entire camp. Um, raking is definitely so important for Heartland, um, just to prepare for in case of a fire. Um, as we know, this past summer, fires posed a real threat to Heartland. Um, and so clearing debris, pine needles, pine cones, dead branches, trees, etc., are all very important to Heartland. Um, not only do they want their camp to look nice, but they want it to be safe and they want it to be protected. Um, so being able to play a part in that process and help serve them, which is specifically the full-time staff at Heartland, was such a privilege to all of us. Um, the other half of, half of our group, which is a group of young men from our team, went further up the hill um, and got to play with fire, which is right up their alley. Um, they did more of the heavy lifting, moving large branches, tree stumps, logs, uh, but they got to do two controlled burn sites um, where they kind of, I think, just burned as much as they could. I was not there, but I heard the fires got pretty large. Um, and while it was definitely hot and tiring, they enjoyed working hard, getting to burn stuff, and serve alongside the men who live and serve full-time at Heartland. The Heartland staff were amazing. They were all so nice, extremely hardworking, and it was evident that they loved the Lord and wanted to serve him in all they did day in and day out. It was encouraging to all of us that weekend just to hear their stories, learn a little of what it's like to do full-time ministry at a camp in the mountains, and glorify God in all you do. If you ever have the opportunity to go to Harland, I would encourage you to go. It's an amazing place where God is doing amazing things in the hearts and lives of the staff and all the students and counselors who attend Heartland every year. Like I mentioned before, some outreaches or mission trips, you have kind of that instant gratification. You get to see kids enjoying what you've planned and worked hard for um, or experience people coming to know the Lord for the first time. While those are amazing, amazing things, serving God isn't always instant, and sometimes you never see how God used you um, and the work you and your team did to glorify his kingdom. But God uses each one of us in many ways, and we are called to serve and to serve him with a joyful heart. And I would encourage everyone, if you're not serving in some way, big or small, really consider serving somewhere. There's something special about serving alongside one another. Um, I always think about the verse in Matthew that talks about how we will stand before the Lord one day and we want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. Good morning, church. It's good to see you all. My name's Stephen Elliott and I'm the pastor of high school ministries and have, the, have had the great privilege of, of leading our, our high school team down to Mexico this last year. And this morning I want to show you uh, just a few pictures that really, not only just to, to give you an idea, just like a, a very small glimpse into the window of, of everything that happened during the, the week of Mexico, in Mexico, um, but I think that in these pictures we, we get a picture 
of what all of us are called to, to be as followers of Christ, not just one week out of the year, but really throughout the course of our life. Because the reality is, is that we are all missionaries. We don't just, I mean, yes, there is this, this idea that we do, you know, there is a group of people that go to another place that fulfill the Great Commission to go and to make disciples of all nations. Um, and yes, absolutely, those are, those are missionaries. Uh, but the reality is that we are all Christ's ambassadors, right? 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, th- that we are Christ's ambassadors. We are all his representatives. We are all missionaries in this world. And so this morning, as we, as we look at a few of these pictures, I think it gives us a glimpse and a picture of what it is and what, what this mission is that we are called to do and, and how it's um, fleshed out, how it's lived out in, in different ways and different aspects. So uh, this first picture, I don't know if this clicker, there we go. So this first picture, one of the, uh, in this first picture we see one of our students and he's doing sidewalk chalk, uh, just playing with, with a few of the, the little girls uh, who were a part of the, the Mount of All His Children's Village, the orphanage. Um, and this is probably the most still that these girls were throughout the entire week. They were very, very busy, very active little girls, and they were just cute as buttons and, and a lot of fun to, um, to, to be with and to be around. Um, but we spent most of each day with the children, as I said, of the, of the, the orphanage, um, as well as the children serving uh, each morning of the, the children of the communities of Urafan and El Zorio. Uh, we would go to their churches and kids from the communities would come and we'd do a vacation Bible school, as was already talked about, and, um, and just tell them about Jesus and then just play games with them uh, and, and just do, do different things. And then every afternoon we would do a group of, some of our group would do construction, which I'll talk about in a minute. But then uh, we always had a group of students that were just playing at, on site at the playground and that's what's going on here. And th- I think why, why this picture is important is because these little girls, little you know, children who, do, who, who live in an orphanage in some obscure little corner of the world, um, these are, these are people, these are children that the, that the world looks at and says don't matter. That they have, they have no power, they have no significance, no influence in our world. And, and our world looks at and says that those, that those people don't, don't have any worth and don't have any value. But Jesus says otherwise. In Mark 9, he says, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. You see, Jesus points to these little girls and says, these actually are the most significant. These ones have the greatest value. And Jesus himself left heaven and lived in the dirt among us. Right? He sat in the, the dirt of our sin and dwelt among us. He embodied this, and we are called to do the same thing. We are called to see the value in the least, to see the value in the marginalized, and to love them and to show them their great worth. The next thing that we did, if you want to go go to the next picture, the next thing that we did is uh, we would do construction projects each afternoon, as as we already talked about, um, and and that we had a, a majority of our students each afternoon would just really do whatever projects needed to be done around around the orphanage. We just told them, hey, we've got strong people who are happy to serve wherever and there is there is a wide variety of needs and um what's going on here is that there's a um we're that we were mixing cement each day or mixing uh concrete and and made a slab for a chicken coop that was we were they were going to bring in a whole lot of chickens and those eggs would help feed 
the orphanage, but also provide money for the orphanage as well. And uh, having a, a foundation was, was important to having a safe and secure uh, chicken coop. And we, we work hard each day <clears throat> to meet their legitimate, physical, and tangible meet needs. And this comes out of a, a genuine love for God and out of a genuine love for these people. We, no one really wakes up each morning and is like, man, I can't wait to mix concrete today. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's difficult, dirty, you know, not very glamorous work. But something incredible happens when we are doing these things alongside one another. And that is that we actually have a whole lot of fun. That there's actually a great amount of joy that comes in serving alongside one another. And those things have already been talked about uh, by, by all the different testimonies. Is that when, when brothers and sisters in Christ serve to meet a real need within the body, we actually enjoy it. That there's actually great joy and happiness and fun and laughter that comes out of this. And, and really some of the best memories and some of the funnest times and the most laughter came out of, you know, all of these stories of, of working alongside one another. Um, so doing construction projects uh, and, and serving is an important thing. And again, not just on this mission trip, but throughout our life. And so, so Christians, we have to look around and see what are the real, legitimate, tangible needs, not only just of our brothers and sisters around us, but what, is, what are the needs of the world around us? And then we need to get busy meeting those needs. The next picture, if you want to go on to the next one, is of our morning quiet time. And we talked about that each morning. Uh, we talked about that in, in some of the testimonies, but that each morning we would spend time in God's word. And each afternoon we would spend time in prayer. And that was really important. Not because it was just what, not just what good Christians do. And it's not just something that we needed to do to fill time in the schedule. But you see, in John 15, Jesus said, he called his people, his followers, his disciples, you and me. He said, abide in me. And then he said something very profound. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Think about that, church. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. So all of our work and all of our efforts and everything without Christ will be completely ineffective. And so wh why we do this, why we spend time in God's word each morning and spend time in prayer each afternoon is not because we, we just are trying to teach our students something, but because it is the most effective thing that we can do as missionaries, just that time abiding in Christ, putting his word in our heart and putting his word in our mind and co having communion with him and abiding in him is, is the most effective thing that we can do as missionaries. And it's, again, it's not just for one week out of the year. But for all of us Christians, if we are going to be effective for his kingdom, we have, to, we have to read his word. We have to spend time in prayer. Because as he said, apart from him, we can do nothing. We need him desperately. And we recognize that and realize that as we read his word and as we pray. We have to know Christ more. In the next picture that you're going to see, this is, this is a picture of several of the, the children in the town of Uropan, as Tori talked about, who, who gave their life to the Lord on Thursday. Um, one of, the, like, our, our ultimate purpose on this trip is to proclaim Christ. Our ultimate purpose is to tell people how they can know Christ and call them to repentance and call them to, to give their life over to Jesus. And that's what's going on in this picture. And uh, we had a great, we, was, we were grateful that the, the pastor's wife was there and we were able to talk to her and she was able to come over and make connections with the children because we realized that it's not enough for them to just 
pray one prayer and then we walk away. But we've got to get them connected into the local church. And that's, and that's what, we, uh, that's what our, our goal and our desire was. And again, it's not just for one week out of the year. But church, this is our purpose. Our purpose in this world is to be Christ's ambassadors and to proclaim Christ and to make him known to a world that doesn't know him and then to bring them not only into a relationship with God, but to bring them into a relationship with God's people, the local church. And so we have to know Christ, but we also have to make him known. And in the last picture that you're going to see, this is, this is how we would share the gospel every single day. Um, this is something that we call the, the hand motion gospel. And it's a really simple way to communicate the gospel. And we did this every morning uh, at VBS. We would tell a Bible story, and then one of our students would present the gospel in this way. And it's really simple, and I'm going to teach it to you right now. God, who, who needed nothing, who is, you know, in and of himself, was, was completely sufficient, created everything. God created, of, of all of his creation, God created us. And he not only created us, but he created us to be in this perfect relationship with him. And we were. And God looked at it and said that it was good. In fact, God looked at it and said it was very good. This, this perfect and beautiful relationship. But something terrible happened. Is that we broke God's law, and we broke God's heart. We rebelled against him. We broke away, and we sinned. But God, who, who, didn't, who di- doesn't need us, and knew that we were incapable of restoring this relationship, we could never work our way back into this relationship. We, were, we, we broke it, we rebelled, and this relationship was severed. And we, were, we deserved God's wrath, and we deserved his punishment. But God, in his grace and in his mercy and in his immense love for us, became a man. God the Son became the man, Jesus Christ, and lived in the world among us, dwelt among us, lived the perfect life as an example, the perfect life that we could never live. And not only that, but he died as our sacrifice. His body was broken. His blood was poured out on the cross. He took the punishment for the the sins that we deserved. And he didn't, but he didn't stay dead. He died. He died and he rose again three days later, proving who he really was. And he offers us this gift. He offers us forgiveness. And if we confess that he is Lord and take him by the hand, accept his gift, he promises to restore us back into this perfect relationship with him. And church, that's, that's the hand motion gospel, but that is, that is, in a sense, that is what we proclaim in communion. That is what we proclaim in the bread and in the cup. That God moved down into, he sat in the dirt with us. He became man and he dwelt among us. And that his body was broken and that his blood was poured out. And if you have communion, that's that you get that ready. Because not only do we proclaim that through this, not only do do we proclaim that in our words, but we proclaim the gospel in communion. Paul says, The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and he broke it. And he said, and, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. All of you eat.
the same way he took the cup after supper. Saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink this in remembrance of me. All of you drink. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim. Think about that, church. We proclaim through this. This isn't some secret that we keep to ourselves. This is, this is the gospel truth that we proclaim to a lost world that needs Jesus. We proclaim his death until he comes. Church, again, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for for your prayers, for your support of this, these ministries, these trips. You, are, like, like we are an extension of, of, of all of you, of your heart, your love for us, your prayers, your work. We thank you for how you support the ministries that we, that we get to be a part of. Pray with me. Father, thank you for, thank you for this great privilege that you who do not need us choose to use us. I pray, Lord, that as we go out as your ambassadors, as your missionaries, as your hands and feet, that we would make you known to the world around us, that you would use us in powerful ways, that we would proclaim the gospel truth through our lives and through our words. Lord, thank you for saving us, for, for coming to earth, for dwelling among us, for dying on, a, dying on our behalf. We love you, Lord. We give you all the glory for our lives. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. God bless you, church. You're dismissed. This is Kristen Taylor. Good morning. Kristen, can you tell these folks when you gave your life to Jesus? Well, I was very fortunate because I grew up in a Christian home. And so I don't really remember a time where I didn't have Jesus in my life. But I can remember going to Hume Lake and making the conscious decision that I wanted to follow Christ. Okay, and why your story about being baptized, why are, why are you being baptized today? Uh, well, it's something that I've wanted to do probably for the last 15 years. And it's extra special now because my children get to be here to witness it. And it's very important to me to live out my faith to them as well. Yeah, and you had several opportunities, but it didn't work out timing-wise. Yeah, good deal. Okay, hang on right there. We'll get you wet in a minute. <laughs> this is Sam Mitchell. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. And Sam, we have tried to baptize for like two and a half years now. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but the last two baptisms, his son got COVID, and that put a, put a stop to it. And then you got COVID, and that put a stop to it. Yep. And here we are today. Getting it done. Okay, Sam, can you tell these folks, our church family, when you gave your life to Jesus? Exactly no, but it was about 14 years ago, driving home from work. I was just kind of struck by a f the created world. Of course it was creation, and that's what it, all it took for me. And you accept the Lord in your vehicle? In my vehicle. Did you close your eyes? <laughs> no, that would have been a little dangerous. Yeah, good. Why are you being baptized today? Uh, just to proclaim that faith uh, to everybody and just kind of affirm that. Good, good. Okay, Kristen, let's try out this new baptismal. 
better than the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> okay. Not go grab your nose yet. Christian, you've given your life to Jesus, right? Yes. Is it your desire to serve him all the rest of the days of your life, no matter what would come your way? Yes. We are so happy to observe you, and I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, God bless you all, and if you've never been baptized, I'm telling you, it's the first act of obedience for a Christian, so if you've never done that, please talk to us. You could be in here next time. God bless. Have a great day.